So my grandfather loved to take pictures and he had a camera and he took pictures all the time. And back then they were slides. And um, I remember two things. One is I remember sitting at his home and watching the slideshow of the photos that he had taken. And if anyone else remembers slides, um, the warm hum of the slide projector is something that mm. I remember so clearly. <laughs> and I also remember waiting so patiently. Think about it. No, really. Really think about it. When is the first memory you had of looking at a photo of yourself or someone else in your family? I know for me, I remember looking through old photo albums that had pictures of me as a baby just coming home from the hospital. And I remember thinking, I look really small. And I also do not remember any of that. And sometimes it'd be great to be able to remember what it was like to come home that first day. But you know, photos are a big part of our lives. And we're snapping photos constantly, posting photos constantly. But often we don't organize them very well. Today on Dr. D's Social Network, we have professional organizer of photos, Shelly Murray. And she's going to take us on a little adventure of education about how to organize your photos and create love stories through your photos. Ladies and gentlemen, Shelley Murray. Okay, back on the network. And I just had a lovely off-air conversation with Shelley Murray. Shelley, thank you for being on. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you today. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you're, what you do, I think, is really interesting to me. And I think my listeners are going to be like, Darian, another very different topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've always got different stuff for us. And organizing photos yes. is amazing. I think that's, I know so many people who have like 8 jillion photos on their phone and they're like overwhelmed by it. Yes. Know? It is something that's so important that we all do. I mean, we all have to, at some point, curate our life, curate our story, be able to hand mm-hmm. down our memories. And, you know, back in the day when we were taking photos and having them developed and having 24 photos every time, you know, we were really practical about what photos we took. But now we are out of control taking photos of <laughs> everything, <laughs> including our food, right? Oh, God. Sunsets. And, you know, I mean, we are just like you said, everyone has so many photos. So I really help people to really think about um, saving the best ones. And organizing them so that you can tell the stories behind them and share them with the ones you love. So do you think that organizing your photos because of our because of the technology of phones has made that process inherently much harder? It has. Yes. Um, so one piece of my business that I help people with is digitize outdated media. So, you know, all the photos that we took previously, people's mm-hmm family history, heritage photos, slides, VHS tapes, all those things. So that's like step, you know, one step of the process. And that's, there's a limited amount of them. But now with technology, there's so many of the digital photos that it is important that we do something with them. Otherwise, we all have these phones that have full camera rolls and we're not, you know, we're so busy taking photos and we're not going back to enjoy our memories. 
So it, I do feel like it's definitely necessary. Um, otherwise, we just won't enjoy the moments that we so we're ho- so excited to take pictures of. What do you think it is? Is it just that we have so much more freedom to take pictures because we carry this this digital prosthesis almost with mm-hmm. us everywhere we go, and it's just so easy? Like the entry level is so easy now. Yeah, and and you know. I think that's one thing, but also with social media, we're so conditioned to want to share um, what we're doing with other people. And we also want to make it look beautiful. And, you know, that's Instagrams and a lot of the younger generation is really programmed to display everything that they're doing and make it look really great. Um, I, my philosophy um, for me personally is I um, am not as concerned about what my photo looks like. I'm just concerned of snapping the moment, the memory, something that is happening that I want to remember. I want a picture of that. So sometimes it may not be something that's real beautiful, but it is a memory in my head that I don't want to forget. And I want to share that story with someone else. And I oftentimes talk about how um, I show love through photos. So taking a picture of something and then printing it and giving it as a gift is a way that I show love or even just sending a text of that photo. And so. That's kind of my own personal thought, but I think for a lot of other people, you know, they're just taking pictures of everything, not necessarily for documentation, <laughs> but just because that's the culture these days. Yeah, it's you know what's weird when you're on like vacation or something and you see people taking pictures of like everything, you're like, they're not going to yeah. look at that. I know, they're probably right? not going to look at that again. <laughs> they're filling up their iCloud and they're going to end up paying that <laughs> extra 99 cents a month <laughs> so that they can have more room on their phone. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy. This obsession crazy. with photos is like, and then like, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this, like, you know, like this obsession with selfies. And yes, stuff. right. Did we do that? I mean, I I, well, I remember before phones. I'm 42, so I clearly remember that. But like, was that a thing back then too, or no? I mean, <laughs> well, that is funny that you say that because it wasn't a thing. Like that didn't start really until, um, you know, we had the cell phones. However, I will tell you, when I was little, I had a camera. In fact, I was 13, and I asked for a camera for my birthday. That's how much I've loved photos and memories and people's stories for my whole life. The camera that I asked for had a remote control on it. So you could pop off the side, you could get in front of the camera and then smile with your family and then click the remote and then your picture would be taken. And that was just so cool. So I oftentimes think that was kind of like the first selfie, like getting in the picture, hitting the remote. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's funny to think like, you know, when did that start? And I think it started with the cell phone. So it is an obsession and it is a, it's a great way to record our memories. I was just on a bike ride with my dad this morning and I took a bunch of pictures of us with the selfie position, um, just to remember the special moments that we had together. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever think of the opposite of that? Maybe there's things you you want to just remember in your mind and you don't want to see it through a lens? So that's an interesting point that you make. Um, there have been moments in my life, in fact, I just had one last week, um, that I am looking at something and I so badly want to take a photo of it because I want to remember it, but I don't feel like it will be a respectable opportunity to take a photo. So the example that I'm going to give you is a very close friend of mine. Um, We were working together all day. Her husband passed away just hours after she left my home and it was sudden and he was 48. And I was, it was just a very difficult week. I was sitting at his funeral three days later 
And I'm in the church and I'm looking over and there's her in the very front. Her husband is in the casket. Everyone has masks on. Everyone's social distance. And the, cu- the church is so beautiful with all the light shining into the stained glass windows. And it was a moment in time that I'll never forget. And I wanted a photo of that. I did not take a photo because I didn't feel like it would be respectable. However, I almost wish I could paint that picture because it was such a special moment in time with you know, my friends standing there, the situation, the mask wearing, you know, everything that's going on in our country right now. So I do think that there's times um, when we want to take a picture of something, but we don't, and that we want to see something through a lens just so that it can be remembered. But I, I understand where you're going with that, of wanting to enjoy the moment and not always take a picture of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like, I know this is Maybe similar, but you know, when people take videos of everything, mm-hmm. you ever encounter that too? Mm-hmm. Like people videotape their entire life, you know? Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. And then they find that they are wasting the moments because they're so busy behind the camera. Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. So, oh, go ahead. No, how do you become more present mm-hmm. with your picture taking? Because I feel like we're not so present with our picture taking. It's just like yeah. snapping constantly, yes. you know? That's a great question. Okay, so um, every year our family goes on a big family vacation. So it's me, my four siblings, and all of the kids. So there's 24 of us, and we stay in one house. It could totally be a reality show because we've been doing this every year, and there's 16 grandchildren, and they're all Whoa. within 16 years. Yeah. We have thought about doing a reality show, but we've not done that. But every year we go on this vacation, we always make a photo book. And that's one thing I do with my business is I help people learn how to make a really quick and easy photo book. So um, we make a photo book. So what we learned over the years is we want to enjoy all the time at the beach. We don't want to be behind the camera. So we look at each other and we say, hey, we need to be sure we get one picture of each kid playing on the beach. And when we have it, we put the cameras away and we just enjoy our time. Um, When we go fishing, we need to make sure that we get some fishing pictures. Then let's put the camera away and just be together and not feel like we have to take a picture of everything. So I think it's something that people kind of come to once they kind of recognize that they're not being present, that they're behind that camera too often. Yeah, it makes, I feel like there's no plan normally. It's just like yes. snapping away, you know? It's right. just like, wow, right. this is a lot of, I have a buddy. <laughs> he has so many pictures. My wife too, she has so many pictures. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you got to pare this down or something. Yes. You know? <laughs> like, yes, that's right. Well, you know, here's the other, the other thing that I'm really passionate about is preserving our pictures. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of them, but determining which ones are important and then working on a plan to preserve them. You know, the photographers talk about the digital cliff coming at some point when everything gets lost. And, you know, what's that digital cliff? What do you mean? The digital cliff is when if computers went out, what would happen with all of the digital files? All these young people, all of their pictures are digital. Nobody's printing anything, mainly nobody. I'm trying to encourage people to print. Um, But so a lot of the photographers talk about that. Now I have a plan of permanent preservation that I'll share with you in just a minute, but I feel like I've got the best possible plan that I'm working for and with, with my photos and then also with um, my clients' photos. But printing is so important. Um, The kids, the younger generation, not necessarily just the kids, but the younger generation is putting everything in places like Instagram and Facebook thinking that, oh, everything's safe there, everything's safe there, even Google. But all of those places are temporary holding spots for your photos. 
um, you know, the Instagrams and the Facebooks, when you put your photos up there, the first thing that happens is they reduce them to a facsimile size. So they're small. So they look great on the screen, but you can't do anything with them. You cannot print them, um, but they're just saved there in your Facebook or your Instagram. But on the other hand, if you look at the terms of service, there's no promise that those photos will still be there tomorrow. So they're not a place to keep your photos safe and backed up. They're just a place to share and have fun with your photos. But a lot of that younger generation doesn't necessarily think long-term. They're just thinking today. Yeah. So that is something that um, is just through education that I'm trying to help people understand that all of these cloud storage places are really um, just temporary solutions, um, not long-term solutions. Wow. So even things like a Dropbox and Amazon Photos, you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, think about that for just a minute. Like Dropbox and Amazon, um, you pay for those services. Mm-hmm. They're not free. And um, it's a great solution short term. But what happens when something happens to the person who owns that account? What happens when that person dies? Mm. Um, that account will be shut down. I mean, according to all the terms of service, even your iCloud, your iCloud is not transferable to anyone else. So if something were to happen to you, no one could get a hold of all the photos that are on your iCloud unless they have passwords and those sort of things. But iCloud, Apple will not give that information because that's part of the privacy agreement that they have with each of their, um, you know, each of their clients, I guess, call them. Um, For things that are free, like if we're looking at free things like Google, um, Shutterfly, you know, some of these places that you can store your things up there for free. If you look at the terms of service, they actually own the digital rights to all of your photos. So their terms of service says, um, we own the rights to your photos. We can use them however we want. And what they do is they do the data mining. So, you know, all of your photos in Google, you put photos in there of your kid playing soccer. Next thing you know, you have Under Armour advertisements coming to you. Or you go to Disney World, and next thing you know, you have like hotel reservations, um, you know, um, advertising coming to you because of your photos, Google selling that information to third parties, which is their business plan. They're not, you know, that's just how they work and that's how they make their money. Um, But that's not a good place to store your photos in a place that's selling your information to third parties. Um, And also their terms of service also says that you need to have another backup. Don't have them just backed up in Google. And same with, um, you know, all of those other companies. Amazon says that, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not a secure backup place or private. Wow. Wow. This, yeah. is, a, this is some new stuff. I guarantee a lot of people don't yeah. know this. On how I know. It, so I it just, is so true. Oh, man, you're killing me. You're killing yeah. me here, you know? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, when I talk to people, they just, they just don't know. And when they hear and they understand, oh, yeah, that makes sense. If I'm paying for Dropbox every month for 30 years, and then once I am no longer here, no one pays that bill, all the stuff is gone. You know, people people start thinking about it and then, you know, not recognizing, you know, the Googles out there, what, what Google's all about. So it's just about educating and enlightening people, but I have a solution. So all right. I want to hear this. That's solution. good news. That is good news. Okay. Because I have Dropbox so, and I, I have yeah. this whole thing that I want okay. to give my daughter all of her pictures when she's 18. Oh. I've documented okay. her entire life <sighs> in pictures and videos and oh. I have it very, wow. very tightly organized throughout her entire wow. life. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Then you're going to want to hear what I have to say. All right. Come on. All right. All right. So I've been working for this company for the last eight years. It's a startup company. It's called forever.com. 
And I was with them as a corporate employee for seven years. I left the company to become an ambassador of Forever. So now I'm out there helping clients use Forever. So as an ambassador, I make commission on um, helping people utilize Forever. And so that's kind of how the business model works. So we found when I was a corporate employee that the best way to get Forever out there to the public for people to understand what it's about is to have ambassadors that are coming alongside people and helping them. So if you started using forever.com and I was your ambassador, then I would help you. We'd have a relationship. You could call me with questions. I'm like your first line to support. I give you free training. I show you how to do it. And it's just a really great system so that you have kind of like a personal touch, a personal assistant coming alongside of you that is free. You don't pay me anything. Um, so that's kind of how the program works. So now that I'm no longer part of corporate, I'm an ambassador, I lead a team of ambassadors. So it's kind of like a business opportunity for someone for me to train them how to help people with their photos. And then they go out and have a small business doing the same thing. So I've got a lot of people on my team um, that I manage as well. So that's kind of the overview picture of how it works. But let me tell you about forever.com because that's the most beautiful part of it all. So the founder and CEO, his name is Glenn Meekum. He was a friend of mine for a number of years. He is, um, I will say, just an entrepreneur at heart, uh, internet genius. He started a company in the late 90s when he graduated from Harvard um, called Free Markets. And um, that was a B2B um, internet auction type company that was fabulous. And he sold that for a very, very good chunk of money in 2002. And he was going to, you know, he started being a venture capitalist. Well, he... Um, received all of the things from his father, the family memories, the family history, the heritage photos, his awards from um, when he was at war and different things like that. And he recognized, hey, where am I going to put all this stuff? He's like, yeah, I can put it all in Dropbox, but what happens when I die? Like, it's all going to be gone. Where, where can I put this stuff online? I need a private place where I can share it with my family members. And he recognized, you know, Google, they keep all the digital rights. Google, there's no promise it's going to be there tomorrow. Um, all the other places I have to pay for, when I die, it's gone. So he recognizes there wasn't a good solution. So he came up with forever.com. And with forever, there's, there's a couple of really important points. One, when you have a forever storage account, you purchase it. So you own it. It's your own asset. Um, it is not a monthly fee. It's a one-time payment. So you own your account. It is your own property. Now, when you purchase a forever storage account, and let's just, I'll just put some pricing out there. So a 10 gig account is $199, okay? And then it's less expensive as you buy more gigabytes of space. And you can always add more gigabytes. But let's just say that $199, you buy 10 gigs. You start off there. 63% of that money goes into a guarantee fund. It's an endowment. It's like insurance. It is a fully restricted fund that's going to pay for your photos to be on the forever site over time. So that was one thing that was key that Glenn as a businessman recognized that you, you know, if somebody is going to put money for this, how can I guarantee it's going to be there permanently unless right. there's some type of an endowment structure? And he sat on the endowment committee of Carnegie Mellon University, and that's how he really came up with this idea. So the idea is like MetLife, like Harvard endowment. These are endowments that, that are not going away. And the more people to join in, the larger the endowment gets, the longer it's going to last. So forever can guarantee 100 years past your death, just mathematically. We already have millions in the guarantee fund, but the more it grows, the longer it's going to be. 
So um, anyways, the, what it pays for is to have the photos, your photos, videos, audio files, and documents stored in your own personal private account. And it also pays to have all of those files digitally migrated to new file formats over time. Now that's huge because right now we look at JPEG photos, but five years from now, it's going to be something else. 10 years from then, it's going to be something else. But forever, we'll automatically digitally migrate everything as new file formats come available. And I think that's a big key. Um, everything in the account is private. You own it. Forever does not own it. Forever just holds it for you. Um, you can download anything at any time. You can share anything with anyone. Um, it's so beautiful to be, you know, having all of your photos that are organized. So I could be standing there saying, hey, let me show you a video of me when I was two years old. And then I have it right here on my phone. Um, let me show you a picture when I was born right here on my phone. I can pull anything up at any time because I have it all up there in one location. So it's kind of like my photo hub for me to keep my lifetime of photos. Um, so it's a, it is a beautiful thing. And that, that's my solution. And that's what I do in helping people is I help them get started using a forever storage account. Now, is there like, um, can you make physical prints from this? Yes. So, okay. So that's the other thing in this storage account that you own, you can do a couple things. So it's an entire memory keeping platform. So first of all, you can upload and store everything. And then I offer free training where I help people learn how to like tell the stories and create albums and add tags and identify and put a description on each photo and really tell the stories behind the photos. Um, but then you can print easy photo books, um, beautiful photo books that, that look really nice, kind of like you know how Shutterfly has all the different templates. You can do that in forever. Um, we also have a new, new technology called an auto book where all you have to do is arrange your photos in order in an album in your forever storage account and then click auto book. And within like 30 seconds, a whole book is populated. And then you can move things around and add text if you want to, but you don't have to. So I love using that because the way that I'm printing my photos and we're holding them and looking at them, my kids feel so much love looking back at memories of photos that I took of them. And they feel my love by seeing the joy that I get from, you know, seeing them look through these photos and recall things that we've done together. And um, then we also have a whole entire media conversion center. So that's another thing I do when I'm helping um, my clients. I help them learn how to order a forever box, put their VHS tapes, Hi8 tapes, printed photos, um, slides, whatever you have in the box, and then forever has the highest quality digitization in the U.S. And it's right here in the United States. It's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And then um, there's a whole shipping process. It's extremely safe through FedEx. And we digitize everything. And then we upload it to your forever storage account. So it's, you do it one time, you never have to do it again. So people who have had things scanned and put on a DVD in the past, well, now you've got to digitize that DVD again because nobody is watching DVDs. You know, we don't have DVD players, plus those oxidize after a couple of years. So it's not a long-term solution. So once you have it in your forever account, you don't ever have to digitize it again. It's done and it's in your account. This is pretty cool yeah. stuff. It's honestly. cool stuff. It yeah. is. It is. Yes. And um, about this oh, digital cliff, though, like yeah. uh, you, you caught me with that whole. It was mm -hmm. like a left hook you just hit me with on exactly. this. Yeah. Well, Let's talk about more about this digital cliff. I mean, what is the, where is this coming from, and what are the odds of it? Okay, so um, I have 
on my, I told you I have a team of ambassadors that I lead. Well, one of the people on my team, her name is Ann Monteith. And she has a great um, website that I'll give you um, afterwards and you can put in your notes. It's all about the digital cliff. She was the past president of PPA, Professional Photographers of America. And um, that is something that she is, you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there that are professional photographers that are really encouraging people to print because they're worried that things online can be lost. And she is a huge supporter of Forever because she's recognizing that, hey, Google doesn't care about your photos. You can have your whole lifetime in there and boom, they're gone and they don't care. And, you know, Apple doesn't really either. Um, Apple's a great company. I love Apple. I love the iCloud. I use it. I have an iPhone, but they don't care if my photos are lost. Um, they're, it is so easy to lose a lifetime of digital photos. They just can be gone. And so the digital cliff is if something ever happens to the internet, the internet goes down or these companies lose your photos, it, they are just gone. Um, a quick little story. I have a client who had everything in iCloud. And she didn't realize it, but her um, credit card, well, she knew her credit card had been stolen. So they shut the credit card down. She didn't realize it was attached to her iCloud. She was receiving multiple emails that she needed to update her credit card information in order to keep going on her iCloud, but it went to an email address that she never checks. So the next thing she went into iCloud to look at her photos and they were gone because she wasn't paying for it anymore. And she didn't realize because she didn't check the email and there was no way to get her photos back. All of her family photos were in that iCloud. So that's just an example of how easily things can be lost. Um, And that's the nice thing about forever is you've paid for it. You own it. They're going to be there permanently. Wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. There's so much we don't know about life. I swear. (laughs) I know. I know. You're right. You know, that's the things, the important things um, are those stories. You know, like you said, we're taking pictures of just dumb stuff all the time, right? Literally. Click, click, click. Yeah. (laughs) But let's get past that and tell our stories, curate our stories, curate our photos, you know, thinking about leaving a legacy, who you are, what you're passionate about, what your memories are, who your family members are, who, what's important to you. What do you want to be remembered for? These are some of the things that I really want to help people to put together and leave out all the stuff that we're posting everywhere and really <laughs> get to the truth and to the heart, right? Of who we are as people. Why do you think it's so hard to organize the photos though? Like, is there information that you've seen or is it research related to like why it's just so hard? It's like something so simple to do, mm-hmm. like to take the picture, but organizing it seems to be very difficult for people. Right, right. Well, it's probably because we're just overwhelmed because we have so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some easy strategies that I teach people to do. Um, for example, is to spend 15 minutes a day um, working on your photos or maybe 30 minutes a week, maybe Sunday afternoon, just put it on your calendar. And one of the strategies that I teach is just to go in and heart the photos, put love, you know, the heart in the, um, iCloud or the iPhone and there's Android has the same situation, but just heart your best. So, you know, today I'm, I'm actually visiting family right now, taking a bunch of pictures over the last couple of days. I'll just go in and heart the best ones. And then those ones I will easily bring in through the Forever app on my phone. And so I just hit, go to favorites, click, and then all those will come into my Forever account. So my Forever account has my best photos. My camera roll, I can delete it if I want to, 
But truthfully, Apple makes it pretty hard to delete your camera roll. You can't really delete the whole thing because they want you to keep your photos there. But, um, and I use my camera roll kind of as a calendar. Like I can go back and see what I was doing at different times. But I've already pulled out the best and put them in my forever storage account. Then I go to my forever storage account, either on my phone or on the computer. And that's when I can do some of the quick, easy organizing. I can just grab the ones of my son and put his name in grab the ones of my grandmother, put her name in as a tag, and then things just stay organized um, very easily. You can use a bulk organizing tool to kind of clump photos together to tell stories. And there's just some really easy tools in there. And then it makes it really fun too. You kind of get into this, you know, situation where you're kind of passionate about what you're doing and you're excited to see your photos and you're excited to like get them organized in your account. And um, it is, it is just a beautiful thing. What's the future of photo taking in your mm-hmm. in your mind? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think it's just going to get more and more real. Um, I know there there is some technology out there for um, you know taking even higher quality pictures than we're taking now. Um, I think it has like robotics technology in it as well. Um, but I'm not really to date on that. I just know that at some of the conferences I've been to, they've been talking about that. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm much more into the memories that are attached to the moments mm-hmm. than I am, like I said, getting that best photo. Um, I really am passionate about more about the person's story um, yeah. that goes along with the photos. Do you feel like we've lost the element of stories with photos because they're just so easy to take and be, and it's very flippant versus I remember growing up like Mm -hmm. and going through photo books with my parents and stuff Mm -hmm. and kind of just holding it, even just Mm -hmm. the outside covering of the photo book and the the plastic. If anybody remembers that kind of plasticky thing, Mm -hmm. you put the photos in magnetic albums. I'm dating myself big time. You know, like, no, absolutely. So, so, okay. So let me just speak to that for one second. So part of my job is I also um, do concierge service for clients. So I actually do the physical organizing for them. They're outdated media. So I do a um, service in my studio where you drop off all your stuff, all the boxes that you just haven't gotten to in all these years. And I basically take out the photos out of every album and throw away the albums because they are deteriorating the photos. <laughs> the magnetic Things are really making your photos rot and get destroyed. So that's one thing I do. And then um, getting rid of all of that, then we digitize everything, send it to forever for media conversion, get it uploaded in the account. And then I help the clients sit down and storytell and record. And, you know, people who are a little older, they feel like this is their life mission. I, I agree. I think it is. We have this technology, you know, so like, your grandparents probably used the magnetic albums. That was the most yeah. that they could do to record the memories of the family. And they did it. So now the most that we can do, it's, I feel like it is our duty um, because of technology to make all these things digital and tell the stories behind them so it can be passed on to the next generation. And one, one other piece to that, um, and sort of, you know, as you talked about storytelling, so Forever is partners with um, Family Search. Family Search owns Ancestry. And there's a big Ancestry conference every year in Salt Lake City. And I've actually attended and spoken at that conference for the last six years, I think. Yep, the last six years. And um, so 
when I'm out there, I'm talking to people who are so into their family history, their genealogy, and telling their family stories. They've spent years researching. They know the information. They have the photos. They're just looking for a way to preserve it so future generations can see it. So I meet a lot, and this is where a lot of the men come in. I have a lot of male clients who have their family history all documented in Dropbox. It's kind of a little bit like you too, right? Yes. And I'm helping them get out of Dropbox and into forever. And that way, everything is in their own account that they own the asset and they can hand that down to future generations. So you can have an account manager in your forever storage account. You can set preservation settings to determine what happens to your things when you pass away. And you can set all that prior to your death so you can have a plan for your things. So wow. it's, it's a passion by, I see a lot of these men that are just so passionate. Um, I have one client, Don, who calls me all the time and he's just so wonderful. And um, he is just rocking and rolling his forever storage account, getting everything um, organized and stories told so that he can hand them down to his, I think he has nine children. Mm. So it, it is a beautiful thing and a beautiful way to, you know, document our family history. Your ancestry has some information, great information, but they don't have robust stories and photos, right? They just have the details. So in those family search accounts, a lot of the people put a link to the forever, their forever account so that you can go in and see that person. So if their family search had like my grandmother's name, Doris Beck, okay, in there, then they would link to the um, album in a forever storage account called Doris Beck and all of her photos would be in there. So you oh, can wow. go and see them. Yeah. And see not only the photo, but you see the story. You see the information. I see when she had her first birthday party, the high chair she was in happened to be the same high chair I was in when I turned one. You know, those kinds of stories are so important to hand down. It's amazing. You know, one of my motivations is um, for my daughter is that she can actually see her entire life through pictures yes. and videos. And I, I, my parents are wonderful people, but like, I, you know, I don't, we don't have that. Right. You know, like we have like, yeah. it's kind of an incomplete thing. There's pictures here and there. And then mm-hmm. when you move a lot, like we did in military families, sometimes things aren't always there still, sure. you know, you physical yeah. things. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's important that you kind of, you know, about your life, you know, or right. in the sense of once my daughter gets that, I, I want to also have one of just me so I can mm-hmm. give her something of myself. Like this is who I was as a human yes. during your lifetime. You know? Yes, absolutely. That is such a gift. Incredible. It's, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just, I don't know, for me, it's just, it seems somewhat important to me on like more than, more than ever. Maybe it's as I've gotten older, but mm-hmm. I also think like, how much do you know about your parents before they before they had you, you know, like what type of people were they before you entered their lives? Right. And yeah. something about that is really cool. I think to maybe to give to your children, mm-hmm. this is who I was before you. This right. is who I was with you growing up. This is who yes. I am after you've left home or have done, you yes. started to become an adult, you know, it's beautiful. And yeah, I look at, at, you know, it's the older that we get that we're thinking about these things. Yeah, and right. You know, my grandmother passed away and I'm like, I wish I would have asked her all these things. Like Mm -hmm. I treasure every photo with her and I knew her very well, but as I get older, I want to know her more. And I'm looking back at her parents and the time that they spent together 
and I'm just, you know, you put these puzzle pieces together and photos tell such a story. And they say when grandma dies, the family library burns down. Right, right. So it's so important to capture that information while she's still living. Um, Oh, go ahead. You might like is I had a I have a, uh, an episode on my podcast. Uh, okay. I think you'll really like it. It, it totally. I, I never thought about these two episodes to go together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's Janelle Hardy, she's awesome, mm-hmm. and she okay. teaches people how to write their personal memoirs. Yes, and it's amazing, and it's personal oh, myth making as well about the kind of the myths you tell about your life, and oh, things of that nice. nature. But yeah. she does. She talks about creating a memoir. Uh, through different means, like through photos or writing and things of that nature. I think you'd find it interesting. Yeah. I would really find that interesting. Yes. I I have um, a number of ambassadors on my team who I work with that are videographers, and they videotape people telling their life story so mm-hmm. that that video can be saved in their forever storage account. And here's another thing. It can be marked public, okay? So it can be publicly searchable. So I also work with like historical societies and those are all marked public as well so that the public can see. So for example, Jack Snyder was one of um, our first uh, clients at Forever. He fought the Battle of Iwo Jima and um, George Barlow fell on a grenade for him and saved his life. And George Barlow did not have any family at home. And so it was Jack's mission in life to tell his story, that his story would be told and his memory would be out there. So he very much wanted to videotape himself at the age of like 88, um, sharing this important story. So it's in his storage account, in his forever storage account, but it's marked public. So anyone can go search that and see him talking and sharing the story about George Barlow. So it is um, a really neat thing to think about these public albums as well. And, and I, I was just kind of talking about him, but there's an, another couple of people who are actually just speaking of their whole life stories. And those are in there too, publicly. That's really cool. That's mm-hmm. really cool. You know, and I kind of learned from Janelle and then speaking with you is yeah. you can turn many different things into stories. Like at this point in my life, I also consider my podcast to be my personal memoir as yes. well. Oh, and so- the more I mm-hmm. do and continue to do it, that uh, at some point down the line, like my daughter can just listen to me talk or yes. talk to other people throughout the course of her yep. life, you know, when that's I'm gone. Right. So yeah, that's going to be a I'm great cons- thing to hand down to her. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm considering like all these things and, and really being intentional about it versus just mm-hmm. throwing things around on the internet in a clunky fashion right. without being intentional and purposeful about it. Yes. That's so smart. I think that's awesome. It'll, it'll be Thank a great you. way for your memories to be told in the, you know, to her and also to her children. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Somebody can come on here and listen to me talking to you, Shelly Murray, and learning about how to organize their photos. Like, And also for me, it's like if somebody, if I'm talking to somebody and we're looking at you know pictures, whatever, buddy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have way too many pictures on your phone. You know, I'm like, you know what? You need to listen to this podcast that I yeah. did with Shelly Murray. Going to help you yeah. out tremendously. You don't have to listen to me; just listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> They're reference yeah. points for people. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, you know, you don't want to listen to me here. Listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you're gathering such great information and bring it together for your listeners to be able to hear, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit of there, and just to really learn, learn things. Yeah. So it's educational. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. part, I was fascinated by the photo organization yes. because I was like, you know, this seems very universal for most humans, you know? Yes. Yeah. Problem we all have. Yeah. And then it was, I had a lady on, you might like this too. Her name's Tracy Shadley and hers was all about organizing your home, your closets, the mm-hmm. whole thing, a very universal thing. People throw things into places and then yes, don't know how to right. organize it. You know. So that's interesting because she's a home organizer um, and I'm a photo organizer. So we um, work together, you know, in a lot of situations. So a lot of the home organizers in my area will refer to me to mm. clients who need help with their photo organizing. So that's just another piece of my business. Like I said earlier, I do a lot of that part too, but I work very similar to Tracy. <laughs> I just do it with photos instead of houses. Yeah. I just think it's relevant. You mm-hmm. know, these universal themes of being human, you know, having a home, taking photos, passing down our history and the homes too, you're passing down different pieces and items of things, or maybe there's things you want to keep. You don't want some photos you want, some photos you yeah. don't, you know. Right. Yeah. You don't need to keep it all, you know. No. Same, <laughs> same with the house organizers. You got to be willing to part with some things. So I, I teach a strategy and one of them, the strategy includes the garbage can. Like I'm like, you got to get rid of all the duplicates. You got to get rid of all the mm. fuzzy, all the photos that don't mean anything, trees, animals, you know, <laughs> nothing that really just save what's important. Um, so the one thing that's hard for people is throwing things away, you know, the garbage can, letting go and throwing it away. That's a big, big piece when you're organizing a home and also when you're organizing photos. Do you so, have any advice for people like when they're on a vacation, like this beautiful vacation they may be on and, uh, they just like are snapping like crazy, like everything. Like, is there a strategy ahead of time to say, are we just going to take pictures of, of us in, in this thing or just certain landmarks? What's the strategy on that? Yeah. So I do set up a strategy before we go out of town and we've had a written outline before of what we want to get pictures of because of what we want to print in the photo book. And, um, we basically want a couple of pictures of each event and of each person there doing the event. And then we want a photo of each family and a group photo, you know, when everybody's dressed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to get those photos, but then it's like, let's put the phones away, you know, let's enjoy being together. Once we get what we need to get photo wise. So the memories are there and can be told now let's put them away and just enjoy our time together. And I think you have to put the phones away because then you'd be too, uh, <laughs> it'd be tantalizing to pick, take it out yeah. and then start taking pictures. And then it leads to answering your emails and texts and stuff because yeah, it's this weird right. chain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that, that is true. But the other thing is when something amazing happens, like a rainbow or a really cool sunset, then all bets are off the table. Get out your phone and say, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And then it's all the selfies with the great sunset in the background. Oh my gosh. You end up with like 50, <laughs> but there's like the best one. So I'm like, get the best, delete the rest. So, but it Selfie is thing's you know. crazy to me. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't know what it is. Like before all this, the whole thing with the pandemic and stuff, like it flew all the time. It would drive me insane when I'd see people taking selfies on planes all the time, like constant. Mm. And I was like in a row beside another row. 
and there was a group of people and they were just like putting on makeup constantly during the flight and taking and pictures. Taking pictures. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. What have we yeah, become? that is annoying. Yeah, that that can be annoying for sure. <laughs> like, is this a photo shoot? <laughs> like, on a plane. Yeah, There's nothing going not on here. Pictures. You know? Mm-hmm. Or you like take a picture outside of the, you know, in the window on the plane. Yeah. And it's not going to be that good, though. It's like. <laughs> it's the habits that we're in. <laughs> you know, yeah. you take a picture of something and you're like, this is going to be amazing. But it never looks as good as from the camera that your eye. Mm, you that's it, right. You know, exactly. And the memory that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that's right. that was just me venting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would love for your listeners to be in touch with me. I would love to get to know them and to help them and um, to connect with them. Well, definitely so, in the show notes, we'll put in your, you know, all the stuff that you provided and, okay. um, and, and, and people that way and, you know, have people listen and share the episode. And I think it's relevant. And again, I think a lot of people will go, Darian, here's another different angle, you know, of, yes. of an episode. I just thought, you know, it could be really fun and it has been. And it's something we all do. Everybody, everybody takes pictures like every day. Every day. That's exactly right. But you know, we've got a responsibility to organize them, to get them organized and to be able to enjoy them. So I always say, let's help. I help people save their photos, organize them and share them, share through print and also share through digital links so that you can, you know, gather them together and share them with people all across the world. Awesome. Together. Yes. Shelly, thank you so much for your time. I really uh, appreciate you. I enjoyed talking with you and being with you. And we're going to have to circle back so I can help you get started um, and yes. account for your daughter. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll be in touch, Shelly. Thank you, Darian. All right. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences. And it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.